Yo, partnership alert, partnership alert, partnership alert. Living Corporate has a partnership with LinkedIn Learning, an American massive open online course provider that provides video courses taught by industry experts across a wide array of subjects. Now, the partnership is because Living Corporate has courses on LinkedIn Learning focused on diversity, equity, inclusion for leaders, career professionals, and anyone really looking to upskill themselves and be better allies. So make sure you check out our courses on LinkedIn Learning by clicking the link in the show notes. And let's just say you don't want to do that. You go to LinkedIn Learning on LinkedIn, search Living Corporate. We'll be right there. All right. Peace. What's up, y'all? It's Zach with Living Corporate, and Happy New Year again, yo! It's been um, it's been a really good start to my year. I'm gonna speak for myself, right? It's been a really good start to my year, right? I think um, I've had the privilege to be able to like ease back into work as opposed to just jumping back in fervently, just going wild. Not to say the you know first week wasn't busy, but could have been worse. It's definitely. Um, there definitely been worse starts to my years. I hope everyone is taking the time to ease back into the flow of things. Um, you know, the work is going to be there y'all. So just take it easy if you can, right? Everyone doesn't have uh, the privilege to be able to take it easy. You know, it's interesting today. We actually have an incredible guest named Candace Amos. Candace Amos is the director of audience uh, and social media over at the Daily Beast. If y'all don't know what the Daily Beast is, it's a huge media platform. I mean, millions and millions of readers every day. Uh, great content, very interesting content, attention grabbing content. <laughs> uh, but it was cool talking to someone who not only was is responsible for the brand of uh, a globally recognized publication but also has to consider and manage her own brand in that process. And so we had a really interesting conversation about brand, about, you know, putting yourself out there, self-promotion and marketing, networking, connections. Um, And so I'm really excited for you all to listen to that conversation. Uh, Of course, we're going to tap in with Tristan first, though. So hang tight. I'll see you in a minute. What's going on, Living Corporate? It's Tristan, and I want to thank you for tapping back in with me as I provide some tips and advice for professionals. Today, let's discuss a couple of signs that you're selling yourself short in your career. Have you ever told yourself that you don't want to come off as arrogant, cocky, or overconfident? If so, you might be selling yourself short. Sometimes you don't even realize you're doing it, and other times you might do it because you think it's what you're supposed to do. Either way, each time you sell yourself short, you hold up your career progress. So let's talk about a few signs that you're selling yourself short in your career. First, you don't see anything remarkable about your experience while others find your career interesting. Often, when our experience is diverse or different, we tend to think it's inferior. We start assuming that all the other job candidates are a better fit. Then we begin to lowball ourselves when applying for jobs because we think they'll be easier to get, even though we know we're qualified and ready to go to the next level. Or, even worse, we begin to convince ourselves that we should stay at a job that makes us unhappy, thinking that we can't do any better than what we've got. Next, you begin to overthink and assume the worst outcomes. 
Many of us have a fear of rejection and humiliation. These fears can lead to you not sharing ideas in meetings because you're afraid you might suggest something stupid or waste people's time. It can also lead to you simply going with the flow and never advocating for yourself and your needs because you wanna ensure everyone else around you is comfortable. Another telltale sign is if you try to avoid talking about yourself, your qualifications, and your accomplishments, or you deflect when someone gives you a compliment or praise. If you spend most of your conversations trying to only talk about the other person or downplaying what you've done, then you begin to believe your skills, abilities, and accomplishments aren't worth mentioning or celebrating. The last sign I will mention is that you don't negotiate salary offers because you're just grateful to receive the opportunity. If you've ever just taken a lowball offer because you're just thankful to get your foot in the door, you may not think you're worth more than what they offered. If you've experienced any of these, then you may be selling yourself short in your career. I suggest you speak with a career coach or maybe even a therapist to work through some of these things. Many people believe that being humble and confident can't exist in the same plane when they absolutely can. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. Candace, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, Zach. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm great. Um, you know, first off, I have to say, it's dope when I am able to, or we're living corporate rather, is able to engage folks, black and brown folks in the media, right? Like I, you know, I, we've had some discussions with some, with some folks from black enterprise and from fortune. Um, you know, I'd love just to understand a bit about like what it is that you do at the daily beast. You know, I know that you're, you know, director of audience, but like, what does that mean? <laughs> Um, well, I'm the director of audience and social media, so it's a dual gig, um, and it involves so much, um, definitely a lot of research, a lot of understanding of our communities, uh, because we have like different breakout content. So we have entertainment, culture, politics, breaking news, and just understanding uh, where, where all of these audiences are coming from and knowing how to actually retain them. So that's definitely a big part of it. Another part of it is content creation and having the scope of what it means to be a content creator because we have to actually translate the content that we have for the social audience. So a lot of that is how to, you know, uh, put this op-ed and make it palatable for Instagram or TikTok or, you know, Twitter. Um, and definitely keeping up with the trends and what our competitors are doing. So I'm always looking at what CNN is doing or Politico um, and, you know, all of the big shot uh, news organizations and just making sure that the Daily Beast remains relevant in this space. And I also work with a group of talented editors. So I manage three editors every day and, you know, that's a lot of work in itself, being a manager. And, you know, for me as a manager, I try to lead with, with heart, being inclusive and, you know, giving my team members uh, the ability to, you know, take on risk and, and try different things and empower them in, in different ways. So that's pretty much, you know, uh, what I do in a nutshell. 
first of all, that's a lot. You know what I mean? And it seems like a, like a, a great deal of, I mean, it doesn't seem like it is a great deal of responsibility. Like, do you feel, or how to rather, how do you manage any of the pressure of like, of, of having to man um, the front facing side of such a large institution? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of pressure. Um, I would say that, so I've been in media for 15 years. I actually got my start in the tabloids. I used to work at the New York Post uh, for a long time. I also worked at the Daily News in New York. And for me, it took me a long time to develop the confidence that I needed to be able to operate as a newsroom leader. And I have my moments where I struggle with that. I still have, you know, these doubts about my abilities and my decisions that I'm making. But at the end of the day, as I said, I'm doing this to make sure that the company looks well and is presented well um, among our, our competitors. So I, you know, I basically do a lot of research. I'm constantly educating myself if I'm reading, you know, media uh, newsletters or listening to a, a marketing podcast, I, I'm constantly stockpiling information. And I would say that if you want to be a leader, you have to know about what's happening in your industry. You can't just focus on what you were doing. I'm always looking at what the world is absorbing. And I basically, you know, use that as the benchmark for every decision that I make. I'm constantly referring back to the knowledge that I have from, you know, my past work environments and, again, what's trending and what's happening in news. You know, I'm curious, like, what does it look like at a platform like the Daily Beast, but really just like in media across the board? Like, what trends are you seeing as it pertains to uh, black and brown voices and perspectives. You know, I think, you know, you look at the last, say, two years, roughly, it feels like, you know, being pro-black is, like, really in vogue. Like, what are you seeing from, like, major publications in terms of how they are responding, if you see them responding at all, to um, a, a higher prioritization of black and brown perspectives? Yeah, you know what? I think about this almost on a daily um, especially after George Floyd. Um, I think that there was a rush to kind of implement things. I don't know if it was done with the best intentions. And I think we're kind of seeing the fallout from that, um, especially last year with the whole great resignation. A lot of people just realized they weren't being valued and you know their work wasn't taken seriously. Um, but in media, I think... It continues to be a challenge. I don't think without the communities we've established um, from NABJ, the National Association of Black Journalists, and just subgroups uh, that are popping up now uh, to support uh, the movement for inclusion, I honestly uh, think that there's tons of work to be done. And I think from a creator standpoint, uh, things are moving in this direction where people are realizing their talents and they're able to figure out ways to monetize those talents and to level up with 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 what they're doing. Um, thank God we have platforms like Twitter and um, TikTok and Instagram that are really leaning into the creative economy and you know, people are able to make what they make at, at, you know, one year of work in a week. 
So um, I think there is definitely some leveling of the playing field that's happening right now. And it's a great thing. You know, as you look at your own career and and as you see, to your point, like creative platforms and platforms really leaning into uh, amplifying black creators and really centering and amplifying black voices, like, do you foresee yourself like leaning in that space? Like, you know, where do you... You talked about the fact that you came from tabloid. Uh, you started in tab, you know, you started your career um, in the in the tabloid space. Now you're at the Daily Beast. Like, what do you foresee for yourself? Yeah, you know what I would say. You know, the biggest mistake I made in my career was not taking personal branding seriously. I think a lot of journalists, we kind of hide behind our titles and our companies. And it's like, if you're connected to a brand, then you're it. Mm -hmm. Um, But honestly, the last two years, I really leaned into my own brand and I'm going to continue to do so. Um, Once I started doing that, once I started doing my own personal brand, the opportunities just came rolling in. Because it takes a lot of courage to step out on your own and represent yourself. And I think that's the reason why we have so many Black journalists and just Black creators that are left behind because they're afraid to to take that step because um, you just don't know what's on the other side of that. But for me, I think that I'm going to continue to do it. I've branched out into YouTube. I'm you know starting this newsletter and just really building my community. And I realized that at where I am, you know, in, at my stage in my career and being a mom and you know, I made a huge transition in my life uh, with the pandemic. I moved from the East Coast. I'm now living in Houston, and it's been life changing. I feel so independent and free, and I'm expecting more of that. I love it, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there it can't be understated how much it takes to step out on your own. Like we're conditioned to want to, like you know, again attach ourselves to to brands or attach ourselves to some larger institutions. Um, and, and there's value. There's an immense value and power in establishing your own name. Uh, you know, I, I'm curious, as, as you talk about your own brand and the work that you're doing, what, you know, what, I know that you have some, uh, some coaching and some other, yeah. some other things that you're doing. Can you talk a little bit more about like your own side hustles and what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I actually decided to lean into coaching because I get so many questions and DMs and people are constantly needing that validation on how to navigate. You know, even if it's outside of media, they don't know, should I take this position? How do I reach out to this company? And for me, I had a lot of years of just making a lot of mistakes. (laughs) And I would say, you know, the turning point in my career was around 2018. Um, I actually was working at the New York Daily News at the time. And um, we got bought out by this other company and they laid off 50% of the staff. Wow. And I was one of those people that were laid off. And I remember just walking out of that building, just happy. I felt so relieved. Like everyone was sad and just, it was just a depressing day for a lot of people. But for me, I just said that I needed to be pushed off that building so I can step out on my own. And that day I changed immediately. And that was when, um, you know, I decided that I would take more risk and I would be 
braver when it comes to my career. And, you know, then the Daily Beast came along and all of these other opportunities. Um, and I learned from those experiences. I've had a lot of failures in my career. And with this coaching that I'm doing now, I'm able to talk to um, different women and, and men sometimes um, about their experiences, about their dreams, and really helping them to strategize because strategy is everything. You know, you, you sit out that the wrong email or you contact the wrong person or you have, you know, you go on a rant randomly on Twitter and it makes you look crazy, you know. So I think be, being able to manage your career is key. I I, um, I actually took a I was in this um, this mastermind, if you will, for uh, leaders. And it was just it was for women. And I learned so much from that experience. But the thing that I felt was missing is the one-on-one strategy. I think we need advice and you need to get advice from someone who's been there. So I'm hoping that, you know, with my uh, new coaching business, I'm able to, you know, reach people and, you know, work with them one-on-one. And I've always been a person who's been, you know, available to chat whenever people need help or assistance. And, I'm just, you know, building the bones around that. That's really exciting. You know, and to to your point, like I, I was just having a conversation with someone recently and they were like, yo, have you seen your mans? I was talking about somebody, so I won't say their name on all the But they were like, Your man's is like acting up. And I was like, What do you what do you mean? Like, well, they just they keep on it's like they're clearly like tweeting through something. And like it's like these like they seem like very long manic rants, like like a bunch of short tweets over time. And the feedback to me in terms of like why why I was brought up is like I don't think they understand like one you put something on the internet it lives forever and then two you're posting this while you're also promoting your business so now this is being all this is being attributed like these very random or seemingly like manic tweets are being attributed back to your business like you're undermining your own brand that may not be recoverable recoverable from um, and so I, I hear you on that and I, I think. You know, part of your job going back a bit to the Daily Beast is around like audience development. And like I'll say this, Candace, like it seems it seems now harder than ever. I don't know if it's the algorithm <laughs> to to develop an audience. Like what would you what advice would you give to like black and brown aspiring entrepreneurs or even just folks who are looking just to build their own brand, even if they're not necessarily trying to have a side hustle, they just want to have a, their own independent brand. Like how do you what is the process now? to build a brand on Twitter? Do I just buy a bunch of ads or like, what do I do? Yeah. You know what? That is building an audience is such a challenge, especially if you're doing this as a solo entrepreneur, it's, it's so difficult. Um, but I would say that the first thing someone should do is give yourself at least three months to experiment on the, the platforms that you already use. So if you're like a fan of Instagram or TikTok and you're already making content, then keep doing it. Just position yourself differently. Now, if the content that you're trying to go into is completely different from the brand you already established, then you may need to make a separate account. Um, I always recommend that because it actually gives you the true perspective of the value that you're bringing. So you're going to do this for three months and then you're going to you know, keep a spreadsheet and compile data, you know, every week and you'll see the spikes of the engagement there. 
Um, and then at the end of those three months, you're going to say that, okay, I realize, you know, I've been creating the same content, but my audience on uh, Twitter has been, um, you know, more receptive to the content that I'm putting out. So at that point, I would do a pivot to making Twitter your number one platform. And in addition to that, you're going to start, um, you know, navigating all of the features on Twitter. So now we have Twitter spaces. Uh, we have, you know, all of these things, newsletters. Um, you're going to start tapping into all of those new features that Twitter is offering and build that fan base. And that fan base is going to carry your content um, that they love so much and take it to other platforms and spread the word. And then you're, you'll feel more co comfortable about showing up on LinkedIn or in other spaces. But it definitely takes time and it definitely takes a little bit of strat strategy. But the key is to be down to earth, be relatable. You know, you can be who you are. I think we're in this uh, space right now in our professional world where we can just be free and be, you know, if you if you like to watch Martin uh, uh, reruns, it's okay to say that, you know, or right. if you like, uh, I don't know, you like going to whatever you want. You want to eat peanut butter and pickle sandwiches, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's on you. Exactly. Because you're going to find somebody out there who shares the same thing. So, um, you know, it's all about building community and, you know, honing in on the things that make you you and 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 your qualities and also your zone of genius. You know, for mm. me, I, I'm I, with social media and audience um, and career strategy. That That's my thing. It's something that if I'm not working on it, I'm learning about it. I'm reading about it. I'm listening to a podcast. It's it's something that I'm passionate about. Um, so just follow your passions and the audience will come. I love that. I love that. You know, and I, it sounds like it's frustrating, right? I'm sure for people who listen to this, because like so many of us just want like a, yo, press a button <laughs> and we'll just get it right. But it takes time. And what I'm hearing in your answer is like intentionality. It's um, it's effort. It's uh, you know some critical thinking um, and a lot of just self-work. Right. So like to build it up, you know, um, you know, as you as we talk a little bit and as we talk as we talk a bit further about like just like the black creative space today, like, you know, you've seen tons of people are making podcasts. Um, you know, folks were really signing a lot of deals last year with different media outlets and things of that nature like. Do you foresee this trend of like blackness being invoked? Do you see this continuing throughout this decade, or do you think this was more of a uh, more of a moment than a movement? Mm, I definitely see it continuing, um, and that's simply because you know black people run the internet, <laughs> especially you know platforms like Twitter. We set the trends. You know, just by being ourselves, we become memes because everyone wants to be us. I, I'm sorry. I love being black. It is what it is. Right. Um, and I think we're getting wiser about knowing how to package that and sell it and and knowing how to like we're. I feel like we have so much access to the tools that we need and the information to actually build these brands that we're unstoppable at this point. So I definitely think it's going to keep going forever and ever. That's dope. Like you've dropped a lot of dope gems in this conversation. Like I'd love to give you space for like any shout outs or parting words of wisdom. Yeah, I'll start with some parting words of wisdom. Um, one is if you aren't taking uh, yourself seriously right now, you should be. 
Um, and that I'm talking more so from a branding perspective. Get serious about your brand. Get serious about who you want to be and start showing up as that person. Because people keep putting down dates on the calendar. You know, on June 1st, I'm going to do this or October 1st, I'm going to do that. Do it now. Start being who you want to be now. Um, and it's going to take a lot of, you know, trial and error. Everything isn't going to come naturally to you. But the best thing you can do is start showing up as that person and you'll practice and you'll get bad, better at it. Um, stop hiding your skills. Stop hiding your talents. Stop hiding your abilities. Actually tell the world who you are because someone out there needs what you have. Um, but yeah, definitely just just be yourself. This is the year of personal branding. This is the year where we're stepping out on our own. And, you know, we don't have to hide behind a big label or, or a big brand. Um, and also, you know, I, I am going to give myself a little shout out here. Yes. <laughs> I am. I'm definitely taking on uh, more clients this year. Um, and if anyone out there feels they need some guidance on strategy or coaching or just an accountability partner, I'm definitely the person for that. Um, you can find out more information on my website. So it's CandiceAmos.com and I'm at CandiceAmos. So that's C-A-N-D-A-C-E-A-M-O-S on social media all over. I spend a lot of my time these days on Twitter, but I'm also on Instagram. All right, y'all. Y'all heard. Y'all heard her. Y'all heard her. Y'all heard her. Everybody stop. Everybody stop right now. Click the links in the show notes. You better email. Check out CandiceAmos.com. I know that much. You know what I'm saying? All right. Pull over right now. You know what I mean? Real talk. Let's do that. Okay. Make sure you check out CandiceAmos.com. You need to make sure that you're talking to somebody who can give you um, insight and perspective, especially someone who really understands brand. Right. Come on now. She works at the Daily Doggone Beast. Like that's that's crazy. Uh, shout out to you, Candace. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you for being uh, on the show. Yo, also, like, let's talk offline. Like, I need you. Can you like give me a plug? I need to like live a corporate guy to get on the Daily Beast. I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? I got you. All right. Lace me up. Lace me up. Um, uh, Till next time, y'all. This has been Zach. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, Candace. OK, bye bye. Peace. Yo, and we are back. I want to thank Candace one more time. Of course, shout out to Tristan Layfield, Layfield Resume. Make sure y'all check out the links in the show notes. Learn more about Candace. Learn more about her work at the Daily Beast. And also learn more about some of her personal consulting services that she, that she offers. Let's see here. You know, looking at our landscape today, you know, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, I get nervous about just what does this decade really bring for black and brown people, right? I, as you look at the political landscape and you just see like what is and what is not happening, I have a bunch of different questions about that. Um, I won't ramble at the end of this pod, but I want y'all to know that like I'm excited about the guests that we're bringing on later this month and later this year as we really talk about like steps that we can do from an organizing perspective and just things that we can be aware of so that we are not just letting things happen to us that we can at least be empowered with information and have the right actions or options we know what options there are to take all right uh, look until next time y'all this has been zach you've been listening to living corporate again shout out to candace amos of the daily beast shout out to the entire living corporate team looking forward to sharing some new news with y'all next week until then five stars on apple Podcasts. 
Tell your mama, tell your auntie, tell your cousin, your uncle, tell your manager about us. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.